love this podcast? Head to patreon.com slash DATC Media Company to find out how you can show your support. This podcast is sponsored by FlashCityRecords.com, your go-to destination for a musical journey like no other. Check out their wide selection of vinyl with new arrivals dropping every week. Flash City Records, where the beats never stop and the tunes keep coming. DATC Media is very excited to be a Nugs.net official affiliate. Never miss the show. Nugs.net allows you to stream live concert audio and video in their app anytime, anywhere. Listen to last night's show with premium sound quality and official soundboard recordings. Watch a stacked archive of past live performances from countless artists and access future subscriber-exclusive live streams. Easily keep track of your tour highlights with shareable playlists and more. Take a scroll through and you'll quickly see why Nugs.net is my favorite app. Link in show notes to start your seven-day free trial. Nugs.net, where live music lives. A member of the DATC Media Family. This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each episode will feature a rotating schedule of insightful show recaps, interviews with members of Team UM, as well as musicians who have been inspired by the band. This is your place for the latest news and happenings in the world of Humphreys McGee, keeping you informed on what's going on or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah J. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey, everyone. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I am your host, Sarah J. My goodness, it has been a minute since a fresh episode dropped, January 23rd to be exact. That was just a quick check-in episode. Well, the first episode of 2024 was a replay of my chat with Benji, co-host of the Much Obliged podcast, A Yellow Balloon Experience, and Adam Scheinberg, the chief technology officer for Umphreys McGee. The guys came over to my Airbnb the afternoon of night two of the New Year's run, and we went live over on DATC Media's YouTube channel for a special edition of Wrapped Around. If you've been hanging around in my space for a little while, um, that was a show I was doing for a little bit last year live on Saturdays. I would love to bring that back in 2024. We'll see how that comes to life. But anyways, you can go back and check out a whole bunch of past episodes, but I did a special edition of that during the New Year's Eve run, and that was a lot of fun to sit there and talk with those two. I'll get into little bits and pieces and all of that, of course, 
throughout this episode. Um, but if you're interested, you can check that out on YouTube or episode 244 of the show. So how has your 2024 been going? Ours has been going great. It's been going good. It has just been intense. I know a lot of people have echoed the same thing that the beginning of the year came in pretty hot. I mentioned in my little check-in mini episode a couple weeks ago that I got sick pretty much as soon as I got home from New Year's. And so, I mean, you know, if you're listening, the transition from coming back from a run like that anyways, and then not feeling well. And then of course, my kids got sick. And as we were coming out of that, which was like two weeks or something, if you have kids, you you understand how it's it's a whole thing. And whatever it was that we all had was just, it lingered even when we were all, you know, starting to feel better and we're up and moving around and stuff. And So that was (laughs) two weeks or something, and it was about to be my daughter Marley's 13th birthday. We had this whole thing planned, and then we wound up here in Buffalo area getting rammed with snow. I know people all over the country during that mid part of January were dealing with a bunch of different weather issues, ice snow, whatever it, you know, kind of was. Everybody was dealing with some crazy weather shit then. Um, So no school for a week. We were snowed into our house. Um, Yeah. Shout out to my neighbor, though, who was amazing and dug out the back of my car because every time the plow would come down, it would bury the cars in further. So Shout out to my neighbor and his teenagers over there that got out the back end of my car and made it easier for me to dig the rest of it out. Um, But that shit was no joke. And it took probably another week of daily shoveling, like going out and doing the back sidewalks or doing the front sidewalks or whatever it was to finally get everything to where it wasn't a disaster trying to walk around. And I have a dog, Prudence, and so, you know, making her a path outside to go and do her thing. And so, yeah, that was a whole thing. Um, I am grateful, though. We had everything we needed. We were safe. We were warm. We were fine. I didn't have any travel plans like last year. I was supposed to go to New Year's and we got socked with snow and everything was closed for days. So everything was good. Birthdays had to be, you know, maneuvered around. My Brendan's ninth birthday was the week after that. And yeah, so it was just a lot, a lot, a lot. Um... And I've seen all the memes. <laughs> January was just like the longest year. We all made it. So, yeah. <laughs> Good job, everybody. We made it to February. My freaking goodness. Anyways, I am finally bringing you the highly anticipated New Year's Eve episode of the podcast. 
and I am so excited to get back in my studio behind the mic and chatting about this incredible run. Over the past couple weeks, I also got in my studio and rearranged some things around and set up some new pieces I have in here, and I had ordered new neon light and a new backdrop and hadn't gotten to putting that up yet. So I was able to get that done. And so coming in here and recording this, it feels so fresh and awesome in here. I'm excited to go live on YouTube and have my new backdrop behind me. So yeah, a lot of very awesome things. Even though the first couple weeks of the year were a little intense, all very good things behind the scenes for sure. There is a lot to get to. This is going to be a big, big episode. And that was another reason why this was taking me a little bit to work on. New Year's is a lot to unpack. But before we get into all of that, there are a few things, of course. Show announcement, June 14th. The band will be heading back to Gerald R. Ford Amphitheater in Vail, Colorado. And then only one night at Red Rocks this year, June 15th, and they will be joined by Corey Wong and Daniel Donato in Cosmic Country. It's been incredible to watch his progression and popularity and just growth. He was on an episode of Stew on This with Carl Engelman and Rob Turner two years ago, year ago at this point. I, my goodness, I don't know. Time is just screwed up, but check it out. Stew on this. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, but it's so cool to think that, you know, they talked to him before he's played all these shows and before he opened for Umphreys and before he's gained all this popularity and all these people just love his music. And it's it's been cool to, to watch that. So him and Corey Wong will be joining the guys on June 15th at Red Rocks. Tickets are on sale this week if you're listening to this episode when it drops. Tomorrow, Wednesday, February 14th, UMVIP packages on sale at 10 a.m. local time. Tomorrow, February 14th, is also the pre-sale at 10 a.m. local time. And then public on sale will be Friday, February 16th at 10 a.m. local time. And all of the links that you need for everything, of course, will be in the show notes. I'm working on a Q&A episode of the show. If you have any questions that you would like answered, there is a link in the show notes where you can submit one. You can submit as many as you want. There isn't a limit, but put them on different submission forms so it makes it easier for me. You don't have to include your name if you don't want to. And... You can ask me anything. Some people have wondered that. You can ask me anything. I will answer non-Umphreys related stuff. I'm obviously going to read through them prior to recording the episode and answering any questions. So <laughs> they will be gone through to 
to weed out anything that maybe is inappropriate or I don't want to answer, but I am willing to answer pretty much anything. So I thought that this would be a lot of fun. I know people have asked me questions about my own Umphreys history and my own Umphreys fandom and story and journey, very similar to the questions that I'm always asking other people. So I'm interested to see what is on your mind and what you would like answered. So I'm not sure when I'm actually going to be putting that together and doing it. It's been really cool to read over what some of you guys have submitted already. So if you're interested in hearing your question answered here on the show, you can submit that at the uh, link in the show notes. Lots of things are happening behind the scenes with DATC. Again, another reason for the little extra time it took me to work on this. So, 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 so excited to start unveiling everything to you guys. So make sure you are subscribed here to the pod. Keep your eyes peeled to social media. Dropped Among This Crowd podcast, DATC Media Company, and your inboxes if you are subscribed to the mailing list. If not, you can go to the website and sign up. That way you don't miss any of the exciting things that are coming in 2024. Perhaps you saw the new logo for the show and the media company and the podcast cover. Shout out to Ren Breen for his awesome work on those very sleek, very professional looking while still keeping the vibe of what DATC is alive. I had an amazing conversation with him on the phone about my company and where it's going in the the new year and forward and other things and he knew exactly where I was going with it, and that's why I wanted to work with him. I knew that. First of all, he did the logos years ago. We were trying to like even remember when it was, but years ago, he did those teardrop logos and everything that you saw previously. So it was fun to work with him again, not only just because him and I have both grown personally since then. The company has grown exponentially since then. And to bring in that freshness and this theme across the board of new awesome shit in 2024. And he just really nailed it, I think. I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback and I think that the new logo looks really slick on photos for a watermark. So I'm just happy all around and I cannot recommend Ren enough for any of your work. He actually helped with the pins, the Dropped Among This Crowd pins. If you don't have one, reach out to me. You need one. They're amazing. Anyways, Ren helped me with the design of it. Sam Sutton also helped in terms of, you know, kind of consulting because he obviously knows about pins and things like that. Um, but Ren helped with that. Ren also did glitter stickers, the holographic glitter stickers back in the day that DATC did. 
So yeah, he's done a lot of stuff for the media company and it's just wonderful to work with him. And he's just has such an amazing vibe and amazing creativity. And I just love working with him. And I'm so, so happy with what he created and the freshness that he brought to the company and the show and the brand. So yeah, so shout out to Ren and I will link him in the show notes and reach out to him if you're needing any logo work, design work, rebranding. I mean, he's done poster art for bands. He does all sorts of stuff. So reach out to him. I cannot recommend him enough. We, of course, have to quickly mention Winter Tour has been just incredible. The band has been on legit fire these first few weeks of the year. Certainly firing on all cylinders with Chris back. It's been amazing to watch the set list and watch the streams they did with the Detroit, Columbus. Um, I'm forgetting the other date, but that little run there, it's just been amazing listening back. What I have had the chance to really get into so far, I am so excited to bring those episodes to you guys and start really getting into these first few shows of 2024 because it has just been an incredible thing to listen to and witness and hear the feedback. I have not been to a show yet in 2024, obviously, with everything (laughs) I mentioned at the top of the show. So I have not been to a show yet in 2024, but everything that I've been hearing from everybody that's been and just also within the Umphreys camp, the feedback that I've been hearing. So yeah, I cannot wait to really, really dive in and start dissecting those shows. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I'm not totally sure if I'm going to keep the same format for recapping shows or how I want to do it, but I am beginning to work on that. We'll see how that manifests. So keep your eyes peeled. Also, Umfreaks Anonymous still has their 2023 year in review survey up. So if you have not voiced your opinion about best show, MVP, etc. for last year, there is a link in the show notes where you can do that. And I suggest you do. Josh will then release all of the results, the graphics, and it's really interesting to see what the overall consensus of the year was. He also throws in other questions in there. Hypotheticals, if Umphreys were to do a European tour, if they were to do whatever, you know, what would be your opinion on that? It's a really great, comprehensive year in review and also a way to kind of gauge some fan opinion that is always interesting to me. So, Definitely check it out. It's worth your time. Like I said, link in the show notes to do that. The results will be in a upcoming edition of Crooked Conversations, the magazine from DATC Media. Josh sends me the JPEGs of those and I put them in the magazine. So it's cool to even see the charts and everything in the magazine. I'm a nerd, so... I like seeing that kind of stuff. All right, so let's get into this. 
because there's a lot. December 29th, 30th, and 31st at Riviera Theater in Chicago. The last time the band played at this venue was back in 2022 for the two nights of Umbul, November 11th and 12th. All three of these nights were live streamed thanks to Keith Greiner and Fierce Productions. And at the time of this episode's recording, those are still available to watch on Nugs. They weren't on there for a little bit because a couple weeks ago I went to go and watch them on a Sunday morning and they weren't on there and I was definitely butthurt about it. (laughs) And then a couple days ago I went back on to finish up some bits and pieces of this episode and they were on there again. So I don't know, but (laughs) at the time of this episode's recording, the video is still available on Nugs, so check it out if you haven't. And a quick side note, Keith was recently on an episode of the Much Obliged podcast, episode 135, if you want to check that out. And the interview portion of that show, Benji or one of the other co-hosts, Lauren or Matt, will do an interview for the beginning half of the episode before the guests share from their speaker meeting. So this episode with Keith, the interview with Benji was done on New Year's Eve during the day at the Riv. And they're in the actual area where we all stood for the show. Like they're putting the balloons up for that night during their conversation. So I thought that was a really cool moment and an awesome kind of thing. You know, sometimes background noise can be distracting on a podcast. I thought that actually added to the moment. So even if you don't listen to the whole thing, I suggest you do because even if the sober podcast isn't your thing, I think that you should still listen to the episode with Keith because Keith is, his story is just amazing anyways and very inspiring anyways, but Keith is such a prominent person in our community and I think getting to know him more and hearing his story and where he came from is just incredible. I think it's just incredible. So If you have never listened to an episode of Much Obliged, I think that it is worth your time to listen to that episode with Keith and definitely check out the interview portion because it's just fun to hear New Year's Eve being put together in the background and uh, yeah, to hear a little bit about how Keith kind of copes with working in the music industry and everything. So Yeah, check that out, episode 135 of the Much Obliged podcast. And I want to shout out my amazing team that weekend. First off, Anna, my photographer, who continues to crush it, continues to blow me away with her creativity and her mind and you know, she'll come to me and she'll think of something or, or or be worried about something that I, I didn't think about. But, you know, now that she brought it to the table, I'm like, yes, this is a valid thing that we probably should think about. Or 
you know, she's just amazing on the team all around. She did all three nights and did photos at the Willie Waldman after party on the 29th, slayed it all, you know, still had her time over the weekend. Her partner, Rowan, was with her and, you know, still enjoyed the shows because I wanted her to obviously still enjoy being at Humphreys and still got pictures to me. So I was able to post on social media during the weekend got the pictures to me overall in a very timely fashion, even though she also got sick after New Year's. She captured some incredible behind-the-scenes photos during the weekend, specifically at the Willie Waldman after party, that just captivate the energy and camaraderie and love between these people that were playing music that night at Batten Show Lounge. And that is something that is difficult to capture. Anybody can take a picture. But to capture that emotion and that feeling between people is special. And so I just cannot speak highly enough about her. I know every time we do a run recently that she's been there, I just gush about her and I will continue to do so. I am so grateful to have her on the team. I cannot wait for what this year has in store for her and for us. We have Umble coming up. We have Soul Shine coming up in May that her and I are already, you know, on deck and moving forward with big plans for coverage. And it's just super exciting to watch her dreams come to life and be a, and being able to give her the platform and the introductions and all of the things to help make that happen as well. So you can find all of her photos from all three nights as well as the Willie Waldman Project After Party after night one at datcmediacompany.com under the photos tab. And I think it says more photos. The way I had to upload it was just so stupid. I wound up having to wait a couple days because then I was on with the tech part of my website people and it was just a whole thing. So yeah, they're there. I have to eventually better organize everything over there and refresh the website, but check out her photos over there. She absolutely slayed it. And I want to shout out the rest of my crew that weekend. I mean, it was New Year's and it's more like a family reunion, but I have to shout out and give huge props to Nicole and Brent who rode with me from Buffalo. They came to my house and left their car here and then we packed into my car and drove to Chicago, and they hung all weekend. We hung out the whole weekend, and they helped at the after party again, like they did at the Mishawaka show back in October, and fucking crushed it again, and the moral support, and just all of it. Those two are absolutely amazing, and getting to ride the rail with her all New Year's. It was her first New Year's. It was her first time in Chicago, Pretty sure the same is true for Brent. First, 
Umphrey's New Year's, I should preface that with. Um, so that was just a lot of fun. And for me, I mean, of course, there was a lot of excitement going into this run. There always is. But after 17 years and 130 shows, it was so much fun to experience and feed off the energy of someone who had never done this before, someone who had no idea what they were in for. And so, yeah, that was just a lot of fun. That was the first thing I said to her when we were driving and, you know, talking about the weekend and she had told me that this was her first Umphrey's New Year's. And I just looked at her and said to her, oh, you are in for it. <laughs> that was that was my first response to her. If I recall correctly, it was also my buddy Grady's first Umphrey's New Year's. So it was very cool to be around some people that had not done Umphrey's New Year's yet. And we held it down hard at Jake's side. If you watch the stream, you can see us on there. We held it down. Um, of course, Casey, I fucking love you, girl. Paul, uh, shout out to my glam girl, Rachel. Uh, again, Anna and Rowan. Benji, Adam, oh my goodness, I could probably spend the whole episode just shouting out everybody over the weekend, but just everybody, just everybody. What an incredible, incredible weekend, really. It really, really was. FlashCityRecords.com is your go-to destination for a musical journey like no other. With inventory that spans genres and eras, they've got something for every taste and vibe. Check out their extensive catalog with Record Store Day exclusives, new releases, the psychedelic sounds of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, the jam-packed energy of Fish, the funky vibes of Goose, the progressive brilliance of musical wizards Umphreys McGee, and of course, all the dead you can handle. It's a musical feast for your ears, and it's all at Flash City Records. And if that wasn't enough, they also have your favorite band apparel and collectibles too. Flash City Records believes in delivering the best customer service because, let's face it, music is more than just notes and beats, it's an experience. Their dedicated team prides themselves on making sure that every time you shop with Flash City Records, the experience is as smooth as a well-played guitar riff. And with lightning-fast shipping, you'll have your favorite tunes at your doorstep before you can say encore. Order by 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, and your order will be shipped out within 24 hours with free shipping on all orders over $100. So whether you're searching for the classics you grew up with or exploring the latest sounds, Flash City Records is your one-stop shop because your musical journey deserves nothing less. All right, so let's roll up our sleeves and get into this episode. As I mentioned at the beginning of this show, my chat with Benji and Adam about night one, December 29th. So I will, of course, break down this evening 
now having more time to digest, but I suggest you give my conversation with those to a listen as well. Adam being a huge, huge Dream Theater and Mike Portnoy fan, which it's funny because he had mentioned that to me before this run when we were talking about Mike sitting in and he conveyed that pretty well through conversation that he was a huge Dream Theater fan. But when he started bringing facts and history and future knowledge, what the band is doing in the coming year and beyond and whatever, and the same for Portnoy, I'm sitting there. I don't know if it's visible. I haven't gone back and watched the YouTube but I know I was definitely surprised by really how much of a huge fan <laughs> Adam really is. So it was great to have him on that show. I knew he was going to bring a lot to the table anyways, especially with the Umphreys information. But also for that, because I am not a dream theater aficionado by any means. I know very, very, very little about them and their catalog, their history. So it was amazing to have Adam offer his insight because I know that we are all music fans and nerds and love to learn about other bands and other music. And so for him to bring that was just awesome. So again, I'm sure I will say it a hundred times during this episode, worth your time to go back and check that out. And it's always just fun to spend time with those two. I, of course, also made a New Year's Eve highlights playlist on nugs.net. Like that trend I made the reel for. I'm an Umphreys McGee fan. Of course, I made a highlight set list on nugs.net. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, link in show notes to give that a listen. And if you are not a Nug subscriber, what are you doing? No, <laughs> but really, totally worth it. Link in show notes to sign up if you're not already, and you will get a seven-day free trial. The band has released all sorts of videos from the weekend. You can find those all over on their YouTube page and that you'll find a link for in the show notes, of course. But head over there and check them out. The special would open this first evening. And Roy would come back out for the first set of the evening with Umphreys. Which would come out right out of the gate with a very hot Push the Pig. Followed by Phil's Farm and perhaps you may recall Rory has played on Phil's before. The first time he sat in with the band back at Red Rocks in June 2022. There is video of that on YouTube, which of course I'll throw a link for that in the show notes. Falling down the rabbit hole slightly before three minutes. Quickly finding its feet and groove. Taking no time and dancing off. And what made this version with Rory stand out from his first time taking this tune for a spin was the Jimmy Stewart with lyrics hidden inside, revealing itself slightly after five minutes, falsetto Bayless, which, yeah, cartoon heart eyes, 
This is just dripping in funky sexiness. This, along with other lyrical stews that Bayless gave us over this run, felt like a Saturday morning walk through Costco and you're sampling all these different things. You're sampling all the things that they're working on behind the scenes in prep for Humble in April. Perhaps a new album. I don't want to say that with any type of authority because I will say I do not have any insight or behind the scenes information on that. I will say that before anybody starts messaging me and asking me a bunch of questions. I only speak on that because I know that Bayless has mentioned and I think he may have even mentioned in the Instagram live that they recently did. Browning came over to his house and did like an Instagram Q&A really quick one afternoon. Before he did that Snakes and Stars show with the Ioto guy. Um, he had mentioned talking about working on some new material. So it has been mentioned in a couple of different places. So perhaps some of the spurlunking has been for Umble, but has also been in preparation for whatever they're working on behind the scenes in terms of a new album. Either way, either way, for whatever reason, column A or B, both of those scenarios make me very, very excited. And can we pause for a moment and talk about Rory's hair? Just completely pivot a totally different direction. Rockstar 80s hairband music video for real. If you were at the run or watched the streams, you know what I'm talking about. Bayless even mentioned his hair after this fills. And some friends of mine, it might have even been Brent and Nicole, they mentioned that they had recently saw just a special show. And the same was true for Rory's hair then. So I'm loving it. I mean, it's his hair is fantastic. You can tell he takes great care of it. So, I mean, yeah, position the fan so that shit is blowing on you and your hair is flowing in the wind while you're rocking those drums like a rock star. Hell fucking yeah. Own that. Do it. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it made for some awesome pictures, not only that my photographer got, but other ones that I saw. So, yes, yes. <laughs> And if we're taking a moment, let's take another moment to reflect on the incredible work, breathtaking, mind-blowing work that Ben Factor did over the run. Seriously. Ben mentioned on an Instagram post, he shared a couple of pictures from various photographers over the run, and obviously this took Months for him to plan him, Louie, who is the UM Lighting Crew Chief and Ecto Productions. He said that they used every square inch of the stage. And if you watch the stream or you were there, you know that to be very, very true. It was an incredible thing to witness. Seriously. And added to the overall experience on levels 
I never could have imagined that somehow the lights added this extra element of energy in a new way. And not only for the audience, but for the band. It was a very, very interesting thing. And I know I've mentioned this before either to friends or perhaps here on the show, how I feel that there are times where what Ben is bringing to the table in terms of his light show is, I don't want to use the word forcing, but is making Umphreys, maybe in that moment, step it up or maybe take that jam to a level that maybe they weren't thinking about taking it. And now that Ben has, you know, it's in the moment with the lights and everything, they're like, actually, we're going to pivot and keep this going because the energy is just incredible right now. And so it's just, I just cannot speak enough about Ben Factor. I keep going on and on about it every time, every episode, I feel. And even up close, where oftentimes you lose the light show. So many people are like, you know, I want to go in the back. I want to see what Factor's doing. And I was on the rail 90% of the weekend, and I was able to still appreciate it, still get it, still enjoy it, still get the effect of what was going on. I know you know what the, what what I'm trying to say there. I did go up to the balcony to see a friend during the first set of night one. And it was absolutely incredible to view from up there. Just impressive the entire weekend. Just impressive the entire weekend. And if you haven't watched the shows, seriously, I mean, obviously do it anyways. But watch it to watch Ben, if nothing else. Seriously, though, for real. It's just absolutely incredible. And I've said it many, many times. I was never one that was like, oh, the lights, the light guy, the this, the that, blah, 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 blah. But ever since Ben has joined the Umphrey's team, that has changed. And he consistently is interested in trying out new things and saying, yeah, let's see what that does or what this does or whatever. Just absolutely incredible. Seriously, just, just wow. (laughs) All right, so let's get back to the show. Quick recap, we started with the massive Push the Pig and the Fills. Only the first two songs of the first set of the weekend. A nice little sequence next, Jajunk, 13 Days, Back into Jajunk. That's found on the Anchor Drops album in this sequence. Last time that was played like that, if I'm not mistaken, was May 24th, 2019 at Summer Camp Music Festival, where they played the Anchor Drops album in its entirety to celebrate its 15-year anniversary release. Love how methodically and disjointedly it builds itself together before exploding fully into junk. 
this would venture away from home for a little bit, slightly before four minutes, building and gathering all sorts of energy, reaching some pretty nice heights, pivoting and bringing it to a more even level about five minutes later, dancing its way toward the next chapter, 13 days, and then just right back into junk. That whole section right there on the set list, just uh, for sure. And I've mentioned so many times here on the show, I love junk. It's definitely in my top five. And to get this sandwich again, I was there for the summer camp 2019 time. So uh, just so many memories listening to that album so early in my Umphrey's years. So when you get something like that live, it's just so, so nostalgic. Rounding out the set nicely with 40s and a fat, fat, fatty, fat, nothing too fancy. That found a seat on my highlights list. Completely abandoning nothing too fancy proper about nine-ish minutes heading off into the unknown venturing deeper and deeper, engulfing us fully, Rory brought out very big, dramatic Phil Collins drums after 11 minutes, building intense, dramatic energy faster and faster, the tail end of Nothing Too Fancy starting to peak in after 14 minutes, but not bringing it fully home just yet, building a little bit more anticipation before pulling it back into nothing too fancy proper. Like I said, fat, fat, fatty, fat. Take it for a spin. If you haven't, or if you have, do it again. Perfect way to end the first set. As Adam mentioned in our night one recap, Rory more than did his homework learning like 50 Umphrey songs or some shit, and then said, here guys, this is what I know. You guys pick from that. I mean, obviously he's an Umphrey's fan, but that's incredible to learn 50 Umphrey's songs. I could name 50 Umphrey songs. It would probably take me a minute. You'd get to like that point where you'd have to like start thinking because you've named so many off the top of your head. But there's a lot of Umphrey's fans that can't name 50 songs. And that's not any sort of diss or anything at all by any means. But to learn 50 Umphrey songs, I'm sure he probably knows more than that too. So, I mean, that's just incredible. Again, definitely check out that re-air of my chat with Benji and Adam. There's going to be so much other insight, information, everything else that the both of them bring to the conversation about night one that not only I just didn't want to reiterate it all here so definitely go and check that out you're gonna get so much history on dream theater and Portnoy from Adam so yeah definitely go and check that out after you finish listening to this on to this set with Portnoy set two of night one I sadly only caught a replay of this set. I did watch the next morning while I was drinking coffee and prepping for my live with Benji and Adam. 
and then of course replay to work on this episode. The only time I've ever left an Umphrey show early, but for good reason, I needed to head across the street and get ready for the after party with Willie and Jake. And a quick side note, because folks have asked me and I've answered a bunch of questions on Facebook and messages, and I did mention this on my conversation with Benji and Adam. But the guitars that Jake used over this run, besides Old Reliable, is what I call her. <laughs> the silver one is a 1994 g Climax Plus from owner Dave McLaren's personal collection. And the orange Comanche is also a gift from Dave at g And that is to help Jake get really clear on the specs and everything that he wants from a signature guitar. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, guys, there is a lot of things brewing behind the scenes. As I'm sure many of you have seen, both of those are currently on tour with him, and he has been using that orange Comanche quite regularly as of the most recent shows, and I love it. Both of the sounds that come out of those guitars are just incredible. I mean, of course, obviously that has to do with the person playing them, but both of them are just beautiful, beautiful instruments, and shout out to Justin from Rough Gauge for the dipped blades he made for both of those. Gorgeous. All right. So on to this Mike Portnoy set. First up, In the Flesh into another brick in the wall. In the Flesh played 68 times now. Another brick in the wall played 52 times. Last played September 8th, 2022 for In the Flesh. And... Another Brick in the Wall, last time played August 26, 2023. That can be be found on Floyd's 1979 album, The Wall. Another Brick in the Wall found some very nice expansion slightly before four minutes, stretching its legs and enjoying the adventure, not realizing that as it continued, this would slowly begin to rise and float out into space dissipating and bringing the pieces back together for the first Umphrey's original with Portnoy that we saw this set, Puppet String. Was not surprised to see it. Video of that whole first segment in the flesh into the brick in the wall into Puppet String can be found on Umphrey's YouTube page. You Never Give Me Your Money, originally found on the Beatles' 1969 Abbey Road album, Last played December 31st, 2002. That was only the second time that has been played by the band. So that's pretty fucking cool for sure. Another Umphrey's original next, Plunger, which again, I was not surprised that they played that with Portnoy. That's a big drum song. This one, they really allowed it to get lost and wander. I threw that one on my highlights list. I just really enjoyed where they took that with him. 
really allowing it to go balls to the wall, having to bring it back to a more legal speed limit (laughs) slightly after 12 minutes, landing the spaceship, pivoting matter-of-factly and dramatically stomping into driven to tears by the police found on their 1980 Ugh! A Music War album, covered 28 times now. Last time played pretty recently, September 16th, 2023, at the Elm in Bosman, Montana, with Mike Greenfield from Lotus on drums, which, if you did not know, was a guest here on the show talking about his experience playing those shows with the band while Chris was off. And I will link that in the show notes because if you have not listened to it, I cannot highly recommend that episode enough. A great, great, great conversation. And seriously, I talk about that conversation with Mike Greenfield at least once a day. I'm not joking. I was legit just talking about it yesterday on the phone with a friend of mine And actually the day before that also. Seriously, it's for sure one of my favorite conversations ever here on the show. So if you've not listened to that, check it out. I actually think it's my top rated, if not one of the top rated episodes of the whole year for the podcast. It's just an amazing, amazing conversation. He's such an awesome, awesome dude. So Definitely check that out. Rounding out this second set with Portnoy with another cover and an Umphreys original. First up, Abacab by Genesis, found on their 1981 album of the same name, now covered 17 times. Last time played March 26, 2017 at Summer Camp Music Festival. This also adventures very nicely. This is one of those instances where like I've said in the past, they do the cover so very nicely and still leave so much space to Umphrey's all over it. They're able to cover this song perfectly and it's sometimes better than the original band did it. That has happened. So they not only cover this song, they allow the song to expand and jam very along the same lines and vibe that Genesis would have done, okay? But still somehow putting the Umphreys signature on it. Like, it's, you hear it, you listening to this show, what, almost an hour in, you know what I mean. It's a very incredible thing to hear and observe, but this is definitely one of those instances, a perfect, perfect example of what I've said many, many times. Speaks perfectly to the level of not only the musicianship, but the musical knowledge of everyone on that stage. This just was an incredible, incredible cover. And that rings true now with having Portnoy on the kit. But that also rings true when it's the regular cast of guys, too, because I've brought that up numerous, numerous times here on the show. This Abacab would completely detach and fly off into uncharted territory, 
getting sinister as it crawled and clawed its way toward the next destination, Wizard Burial Ground. Another one that I was not at all surprised to see them play with Portnoy. Honestly, if they wouldn't have played this, I would have been shocked. I would have been shocked if they wouldn't have played that with Portnoy. And he shared on his Instagram the charts that he did for Wizard, which you look at that is an incredible amount of work and time that he invested into that. So, yeah, that was just, uh, yeah, of course, you got to play Wizard. I did share on my chat with Benji and Adam that I would have also liked to hear Portnoy play pageants with them, uh, Robot World, 1348, Sludge and Death, just to name a few. I mean, I know it was, you know, one set, New Year's run, he's been so busy doing all of his own things, if... I remember correctly, Dream Theater is coming back together and working on an album after a significant amount of time. So he obviously has his plate very full as well. But those are some other songs that I would have loved to hear him on. Bayless mentions that Portnoy told the guys that he likes the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Rush, Genesis, and... There you go. There is video of that aforementioned Wizards also on Umphrey's YouTube page. Encore would begin with another Umphrey's original with Portnoy, Conduits. That was so great too. And it's interesting because having Chris gone really helped me pay attention to where drums were in the song. And I don't want to say that I was ignorant to where they were before, but maybe I didn't realize how drum heavy or drum led or certain segments, you know what I mean? Because I heard him so many times with Chris. And Chris and over and over and Chris and Chris and, you know. But then when somebody else is playing and, you know, there's obviously more intention around writing a set list when your original drummer is not there. Not that they don't take that care and energy into writing a set list always because it's very obvious that they do. But when you don't have your main drummer, your set list construction is going to look different. You're going to spend some different time. You're going to do this. You're going to whatever. Things are going to be different. And so that was one of the main things from this time without Chris that I was able to learn and hear and understand these songs in different ways, the more layers of it, the different structures, and the songs that they did play that maybe whoever was playing it, you know, there was a section that maybe Chris would have filled that in a little differently. And so because of that, you know, Joel was playing something differently because there was a different drummer there. And so it was just very, very interesting to witness. I saw a lot of shows during that time that Chris was off um, to listen back to, to whatever. And I'm still also working on my 2023 recap episode. There are some shows there in the fall that I need to go back and really get into because things were just 
balls to the wall in the second half of 2023. Um, so I'm excited to get back into all of that as well and really dissect this time that Chris was off. But it really made me appreciate everything that he brings to this more, which is just crazy to even say because it's not like he you can miss him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I felt the same way with with the shows that I saw back in 2017, I believe it was, the winter of 2017. I mentioned this periodically here on the show. The shows I saw, I think I saw two shows without Jake. And after seeing those shows, Rochester and Cleveland, I believe it was, it was up here in the in the Northeast in January. And the dates are escaping me right now. Anyway, but going to those shows and seeing this music without a key member of this band that you're so used to, it's just, it's very interesting. And so the same rang true here with Chris being gone and then listening to these other drummers take on these songs and Plunger and Conduit and all these other songs, Wizards, with, say, Portnoy, because that's the set we're on. It was very interesting to be like, oh, yeah, it makes total sense that they would play Conduit with him. So it kind of made me listen and learn new things, appreciate things, look at the music differently, all these different sort of things that Chris was off and getting to experience my favorite band over a couple of months with different drummers. It was a treat. It was a really special treat for sure. So back to the show, (laughs) back to the encore, which opened with The Conduit, would be followed by a cover of Big Bottom by Spinal Tap, covered 39 times now, last time played February 17th, 2013. This version would feature a triple stack, Portnoy, Stasic, and Bayless all on bass. Rory would come out to play drums on this one. And bringing the evening to a close with Portnoy back on the kit for a final cover, YYZ by Rush, originally found on their 1981 Moving Pictures album, covered 74 times, last played December 29th, 2018, which was actually my last New Year's run before this most recent one, if you can believe it. And that would feature a spirit of the radio ending. Yeah, so this was my first New Year's run since 2018. So 2019, everybody in my house was sick, which we later found out was COVID right before everything was happening in 2020. So obviously 2020, nobody had New Year's. 2021, um, freeze had to cancel New Year's. It was in Miami and all the crazy pandemic stuff was firing up again in Florida. And so they had to cancel it. And last year, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we were snowed in here in Buffalo and nobody could go anywhere. They even closed Walmart, which, you know, that's serious when they close Walmart for days. So this was my first New Year's run since 2018, which is just Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, so let's get to the after party. Willie Waldman Project featuring Jake Sinegar at Bat and Show Lounge. 
right across the street from the Riv, well, across the street and down like a block or so. Just such an awesome, awesome place. And it was cool to check out my first drag show. I'd never been to a drag show before. And they actually had a show before our show. So while I was setting everything up during the second set of Umphreys, I was enjoying a (laughs) drag show. And it was amazing. Just the level of performance and confidence and the costumes and the makeup and the choreography and just all of it. It was incredible, incredible, incredible. I would love to go back to Baton Show Lounge just for that. I heard the food there is amazing. Also, the kitchen was not open for our show. And by the time I got over there, it was closed for the night. But I heard the food was amazing. The vibe in there is so cool. Um, So if you're in Chicago, check out the Baton Show Lounge. I'm definitely going to go back there the next time I'm in the city. Anyways, Willie Waldman Project featuring Jake Sinegar, Kofi Baker, Jeff Harrell, Colin Scott, and more. That crew was all together back in October at the Mishawaka Show. So cool. And huge props to Willie for being able to get everyone back together again. Although it wasn't hard because everybody was so amped after that show in Mishawaka on the 29th of October, which I will link the full show video of that in the show notes if you haven't watched it. Do it. Seriously, do it. (laughs) Everybody was so hype after that. So when we were throwing around the idea of doing an after party and Willie was working on getting everybody back together It was not hard to get these guys back together again so soon. And he added in guitarist Roy Ponce, who has played with Jake a bunch of other times. Just a great, great night. All straight improv music. Like I said, you can check out the photos that Anna took at datcmediacompany.com under the photos tab. There is Also, video from this night at Batten Show Lounge on YouTube, and I will link that as well. So, 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 so good. This group of players on the stage, just, yeah, just so incredible. So, definitely do yourself a favor, watch that, and... There are still some posters available. If you are interested in grabbing one of those... There is a link in the show notes. Um, Those are super awesome. The artist is Norton Wisdom. He came into my orbit from Willie Waldman. He is an amazing artist. So apparently he does live paintings, but he does them on glass. So he'll paint them and then Windex them away, but he'll take a photo of it before he wipes it away. And the photo will be the only copy or remembrance of the painting that he did. Um, So he just sounds like a really, really cool dude. And he makes some pretty incredible art. And so we've used his stuff on a couple of different things with Willie. And uh, yeah, the one from the after party is really cool. So if you want to grab, it's an 8x10, super easy to frame too, which I love. And uh, shout out to John Engelman who helped with the design and make it look real nice and sized it really nice and gave me some great advice on 
how to run it off really good and everything to make it really great for everybody. So yeah, make sure you grab one of those. Obviously limited edition link in the show notes and keep your eyes peeled. Might be some more, uh, more stuff coming. In a very cool new addition to the Much Obliged podcast, The Yellow Balloon Experience, we now have merch. So check out www.yujam.com and click on the Community Impact tab. We've got a Much Obliged shirt and a Much Obliged podcast, The Yellow Balloon Experience shirt. If you get the plain Much Obliged shirt, the money from that goes to the table, and that helps us buy more stickers and candy for shows. If you buy the podcast shirt, that helps us run this podcast. Can't wait to see you at a show in one of these shirts. Moving right along to night two of this run, December 30th, La Special again opened the evening. This time their set would feature two special guests, Stasek on bass and Vince on vocals with Luke from La Special for a cover of Pantera's Respect Walk. I will admit I missed that. I was so tired after my live on the afternoon of night two, I did all of night one. I did the after party and then I did a live the afternoon of night two and everybody was going down to the special. And I'm like, I need a little bit of time to just eat and decompress before I go down to the venue. So I missed that, but I needed, I needed some time to get myself ready for the night. Rory again would join the guys for the first set, coming out swinging with Slacker. This wasted no time getting comfortable the minute it ventured off. Big way to start the evening. Very let's fucking go vibes with that one, for sure. Cemetery Walk next, with Bridgeless coming out after that. This front half you will find on my highlights list. Shaking off Bridgeless proper and going off on its own plans slightly before six minutes. According to All Things Umphreys, that would contain Glide by the New Deal teases. Opening up about 10.20, beginning to peel back. Opening up slightly after 10 minutes, beginning to peel back more layers of itself falling right back down the rabbit hole slightly before 13 minutes, landing on its feet, dusting itself off, and rhythmically continuing on, leaving Bridgeless unfinished, revealing a sweet side before pivoting and driving full steam ahead into Ringo. That would get especially grimy with a My Name is Mud by Primus Tease, big like fatty tease and it like just big balls and as soon as that happened Adam texted the group chat with me him and Benji and just writes my name is mud like I open my phone just like fuck yes so filthy the second time out post checking back in at the homestead aka Ringo This would embody a more tender disposition, 
keeping that lighthearted confidence and empathy as it continued to soar with arms stretched wide. This would embody the phrase soaring, uplifting, jam to a T. Such a sense of determined confidence to this. And there is no way that this did not bring a smile to your face because every time I've listened to this segment of Ringo, just instant mood lifter. So if you're needing that someday, this segment right here will do that for you. Pivoting and deciding to see what's behind door number two, building with anticipation, breaking through and revealing the ending of Ringo. I'm sure it's not a surprise to hear that you will find that on my highlights list. The following two tunes you will also find on my highlights list, Believe the Lie and Cemetery Walk 2. First up, Believe the Lie. Very, very, very nice version. Believe the Lie never disappoints. But as I mentioned to my crew around me, the one from Buffalo this past June, I know I mentioned it on the episode that I did about that show. Dude, just so, so good. If you've not given that one a spin, I highly recommend that you do. June 29th, 2023, Town Ballroom. That whole show is straight fire. But yeah, definitely check out that Believe the Lie from June in Buffalo. The aforementioned Cemetery Walk 2, Bayless would go over and fuck with Joel for a minute. Big, 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 big. And landed very nicely back into Chemwalk 2. Like to the point where even in the moment, I know I said, nice. Love it when they stick the landing in transition like that. It's always, I always give them like that, like very like thumbs up, fuck yeah. Like the nice, love it when they stick the landing like that. And especially, I'll say it again, when you do not have your usual guy back there, says a lot about Rory's technical prowess and his knowledge of the material. Yeah, I mean, he just knocked it out of the park. That, again, like I said, you will also find on my highlights list. And the conclusion of Bridgeless would close out this first set of night two. Moving along to set two, Ben Atkin from Elephant Proof would join for this set. Just about every single song from this second set you will find on my highlights list. Starting off with Whoppy Sprayberry. Matter-of-factly charging off about five minutes-ish. Lacing its dancing shoes up real nice and tight and just going off. I will forever and always love the crawl back into Whoppy after it rages off on its own. Sometimes it's sinister. Sometimes it's sexy. Sometimes it's playful. They really had a lot of fun investing the time to foreplay before going all the way back into this Whoppy. I love the playfulness of them going back into it. In the kitchen next, which the next morning I woke up and saw the snow that had fallen. And the first thought I had was... Aw, winter actually had wrapped around Chicago. I love that cheesy shit. And the thing I love even more 
is that when I came out of my room and everybody was waking up in the house and we were making coffee and, you know, whatever, starting the day, every single person all said either the same thing or said that they had thought it or whatever. Just loved it and love moments like that. Like, yes, these are my people. <laughs> this in the kitchen opens real wide, revealing nice layers of itself and gaining some nice height during the depths of its jam, hitting the brakes and making a hard pivot about eight and a half, revealing about a minute later that the ending of in the kitchen was coming at the next exit. The Lanier after that, big, 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 big. And that's what I wrote on my notes for this. Big, 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 big. Engulfing us and taking us to the other side of the universe where everything is maniacal and a little more sinister. If this were part of a movie soundtrack, you'd be sure watching your back while running through the woods. That would be the scene that I like envisioned would be happening. Completely aborting the linear, which I don't totally love that term, but here I think it is perfect way to use it. Setting its sights on the next destination, the triple wide. This one you'll also find on my highlights list. And part of the reason for that is the Jimmy Stewart, with lyrics, nestled inside this interstellar dance party jam. The second time we get served this very nice treat, as you may recall, discussing the first lyrical stew at the top of the show during night one. And of course, I'm going to say it again. Brought me back thinking about Umble. Oh, Umble. Just all of the things that are being worked on behind the scenes between these six that they're finding and uncovering and going, oh, we didn't use this for this, so maybe we should use this for that. Just the thought of it just gets me so excited on all of the levels. Honestly, I have goosebumps right now thinking about it. And let's not forget that it's on Bowl 10, and they had to reschedule it, so there's added anticipation so yeah, we are in for it. I cannot wait. I can't wait. There's a lot of cool stuff coming from the media company too for coverage. So anyway, <laughs> landing very nicely back into the triple wide proper slightly before 10 and a half. The next two songs that would round out this second set, Booth Love and Miss Tinkles, would also find seats on my highlights list. First up, this Booth Love will lace up its dancing shoes and Boogie Off, that would also feature a very nice cocaine by JJ KLT's nestled inside and ending set two with Miss Tinkles. Jake and Bayless were having such a blast and I love, 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 love to see it. Even at the end of the triple wide with that Zeppelin tease and I know I've mentioned this over the almost six years of doing this show, which is just crazy. But from the very beginning of seeing this band, that was one of the first things that I remember loving and vocalizing about seeing this band live was Brennan and Jake. 
coming together and playing the way they would play off each other, you know, look at each other, do these different things. The relationship personally and professionally between Brennan and Jake has been since day one of seeing this band been one of my my favorite things. This whole jam was just so much fun. The music, the vibe, the energy, the back and forth with the guys, the crowd, it, just all of it. All of it, all of it, all of it. And it was just such a nice appetizer for the New Year's festivities that were going to come the next night. Perfect set ender. And to add to that, a perfect choice second set ender. Umphrey's definitely knows how to write a set list. I've said it time and time again. It's so, so true. So, and even when you look at it on paper sometimes, I know even I have been like, interesting. But then when you listen to it, it fucking works. So it's just, yeah. Encore this evening, in my opinion, just so perfect. August into Den. The jam in August at like two and a half in the moment. And every time that I have heard this after, I am instantly reminded of that stew from the crooked one june 25th 2021 actually my first show back post-covid that was actually on the raw stewage ballad in 2022 and that would become staircase so that little section in there really really made me think back to the crooked one 625 21 lyrical stew i just love that um, it's definitely one of my favorites personally because I was there, but it's just so, so good. I will forever and ever love that stew. Moving into a dramatic Derek and the Dominoes back half of Layla vibe from Joel, taking a couple extra steps on its way back into August. And the paired perfectly aforementioned Den to properly close out the evening. So that brings us to the big dance, New Year's Eve, three sets ahead of us, with Ben joining us behind the kit for the first two of these sets. And they were locked the fuck in the second that first note of this five song first set dropped. This first set was incredible as it was unfolding in real time. And I feel the exact same way. In fact, more confident in my original feeling after reviewing the tapes. This first set of New Year's was, in my very honest opinion, the best fucking set of the weekend. Yes, the set with Chris was very special and incredible for many reasons. Sorry for the spoiler alert if you did not know that and you're just getting your New Year's information for the first time here on the show, which I feel very honored for. Um, but yes, that set with Chris was very special and incredible for so many reasons. But this first set on the 31st was just next level. The energy in the room already, everybody was just vibing so high because it was New Year's Eve. Everybody was just 
buzzing anyways. And when they walked out and just the intensity of each note that they played right from go with the opening tune attachments. When you listen to this show, like listen to it now. If you didn't already realize that listening to the show or being there, go back and listen to this first set now and you're going to be like, oh yeah, there's just this energy that's coming from the recording of that. And that was just evident in, in that room as well. Back to this opening tune attachments, not played with Blackie, the usual attachments guitar. And I know it through me as well as many others for a loop when he comes out with that guitar and starts ripping attachments instead. Like, oh shit, okay. And I'm pretty sure they've played it at least one other time since then. And this is the one that he's using now. So I will say it's awesome. And I love watching this evolution of Jake's guitars. You know, Old Reliable was around for so long and now he's transitioning and using these other guitars. And it's just very cool to watch the <laughs> the nerd that I am just loves, loves, loves it. And I know someone listening does too. Anyways, back to this incredible set. Like I said, it's just, it was as amazing in the moment as it was with the re-listen. And you, you got to do that. You got to go back and re-listen because there's always that attendance bias. There's always the energy of the moment. There's always the day factored in. There's always all these other things factored in to your opinion of, oh my God, that was a fantastic set. So you always have to go back and listen and make sure that you still feel the same way when you're sitting in your living room folding laundry and re-watching the set. This held up translates every single solitary time this is gonna go this attachments is definitely gonna go on my hall of fame contenders list we were so ready to release the attachments for 2023 and if you have been with me for a while especially in the last two years you know that I have been going through a divorce and major transition I lived at my mom's and my divorce was finally final this year and me and my kids got our place and just really getting on our own path and my just a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot and so this personally was so perfect and I know there's so many people in the room that felt the same way and once again perfect example Umphreys knows how to write a set list allowing us to catch our breath and recalibrate after seven minutes picking itself up and dancing off full of swagger, gathering so much energy throughout its adventure, absolutely unleashing all over, placing its feet back on earth nicely and nonchalantly walking off after 17 minutes. One of those moments after where you're looking around at everybody next to you and you're all just like, yeah, that was pretty incredible. <laughs> I'll just like, uh, yeah, uh, is that that face over there mine? Because I think I lost it. <laughs> Hiccup trotting out next. And like I've said about this past year in this tune, how it has matured in such a short amount of time. And this very sexy last adventure in 2023 that it went on 
only proved its maturity, only proved its maturity tenfold. Again, the energy in that room during the absolutely ridiculous Soaring Uplifting Jam that took every single one of us to heights we never thought possible. Man, I just can't even believe I'm talking about Hiccup the way that I am in these these recaps that I've done since this song came into our world. It's just amazing. I never, ever, I say that every time I talk about this song too. I'm like, I never would have thought that I would be talking about Hiccup being like this. Never. Just, this is just outstanding. Like eight minutes. So much joy and bliss emitting, not only from that stage, but from every single one of us. And I just remember thinking, like, we're really in for it. Like, I was telling my friends, like, oh, you're in for it. And then I'm over there like, shit, I was right. <laughs> like, And I've done Umphreys New Year's before a couple of times. And I was still like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, boy, here we go. Like, the, yeah, we're definitely, definitely here for it. I just cannot say enough about how proud I am of Hiccup. Again, I just... Can't believe we're talking about that. And it's just amazing how comfortable they are with that song and seeing what it's capable of. And I'm really, really glad that they got rid of that doo-wop beach boy part of it. I think that cutting that, trimming that fat, in my eyes, actually added some maturity and perhaps some legitimacy among critics I think if maybe they tried to play that song on the radio with that in there, I think that they would be discredited and maybe not seen as the legitimate musicians that they are. And so I think actually pulling that out, I mean, obviously it's still in the studio version, but pulling that out live, I think that that actually shows the added maturity of the song, obviously, but I think that that is a very wise choice in that, cutting that out of there. Obviously, you're going to find that on my highlights list. And then Night Nurse comes out to dance, which I thought was for sure a great choice after the way we started the evening. A little active recovery. And if you've been listening to this show, you know how I feel about Night Nurse. And this one continues to solidify my opinion of that tune. And you will, of course, find this sitting nicely on my highlights list. That one makes you just get down so hard. So, so hard. And I will say that if you haven't listened to any of the New Year's run yet, listen to set one, night three. If you haven't listened to any of New Year's yet, start with this. Top to bottom. Continuing to prove that they were simply not fucking around one bit with the appropriate all-in time next. And it was an absolute monster standalone all-in time that would clock in at just slightly under 20 minutes. This would head off on its own very early on after only three-ish minutes. Being intentional about where it's walking as it begins to wander out and make sense of the path it's voyaging on. And I will admit, when I was getting the fuck down to this about 12 minutes, there was a moment where I legit got some air because I was dancing 
so hard. Like I lifted right off the ground for a few seconds. Seriously, that was a hell of a first set. And if listening to that did not transport you to another dimension in some way, then you were seriously not at the same party I was. And I'm so sorry that you weren't there. (laughs) We had just witnessed two nights of music from this band. Two mind-blowing nights of music from this band. And here we were, night three, about to embark on a three-set show. And they were just absolutely annihilating that place with this first set. And I thought for sure that the set was over after that monster all in time. But nope, they wanted to make sure that we were completely done before sending us off for the first set break of the evening. And what's a dramatic way to end a set after we just got our faces melted off and handed right to us? Well, I think the floor should do nicely. Okay, guys. (laughs) All right, on to set two. Ben would still be joining the guys for this set. Starting out with another tune that has seen massive maturity in a short amount of time, Staircase. This one getting horny with Mad Dog's filthy little secret featuring Jeff Coffin. This would begin to wander away from home before five minutes. With the horn section sensually taking the lead, picking up momentum about four-ish minutes later with the band taking the driver's seat. A debut cover next, David Bowie's Young Americans. The band recently dropped a video on YouTube of that, which you know where to find a link. Young Americans can be found on Bowie's 1974 album of the same name. I got down so hard to this in the moment and Every single time I have listened back. I mean, that tune is just a banger anyways, but damn, was that just so much fun. An ass shaker indeed, all the way down to the last note of the horn section as they exited the stage. Mm, So good. It doesn't matter next. This one would find a seat on my highlights list getting all sorts of sexy as it digs its heels deeper after shaking off It Doesn't Matter proper, about six and a half-ish, strutting its way toward the exit about five minutes later, pushing through the other side and sweetly revealing Haji, eclectically followed by an unfinished 1348. The front half of this you will find on my highlights list getting sinister as it sheds its skin and creeps toward the exit, completely pivoting and embracing something a little more gleeful, a debut cover of What a Fool Believes. And I will say, I am a little disappointed that we did not get some Chris vocals on this debut. Instead, Mad Dog, Michael, I'm not going to say your last name because I'm going to crucify the shit out of it. Anyway, he plays trumpet in Mad Dog Filthy Little Secret. He came out on vocals. What a Fool Believes can originally be found on the Doobie Brothers 1978 Minute by Minute album. And I don't believe I mentioned this earlier when talking about the 31st. The Filthy Little Secret also includes Chris Ott on trombone and Josh Colvin 
on saxophone. Sorry if I crucified your name. And of course, Jeff Coffin. Out of Focus next, which let's pause again for a moment and talk about the fact that not only did they play this Ross Stew song again, which was only the ninth time they've played it, but they played this not with Chris. This song is only a little over a year old and Ben took this on very bold and he executed it very nicely. And let's not forget that this is also the first time that this song would get the horn treatment. 13 months after its debut in that very same building. Fucking A. Not a surprise one bit that you will find that on my highlights list. Oh, I hope we see more of that in 2024. And with horns again, like I love what the horns brought to that. Staircase too. We didn't elaborate on that, but no, this even without a focus. Oh my goodness. Out of Focus has seen one other play since this one here on New Year's Eve, January 20th at Brooklyn Steel in Brooklyn, New York. And the conclusion of that 1348 from earlier would close out this second set. All right, so that brings us to the final set of the weekend. My goodness. Ben behind the kit as we got things started with Small Strides. That would reveal itself as the last song the band would play in 2023, carrying us into the new year and Odd Lang Syne. And the moment we were all waiting for, the return of Chris motherfucking Myers. And yes, I bawled my eyes out so hard when he walked out. Like, I knew. I knew he was going to come out and play. I wore my Chris earrings, which I never not wear my Jake earrings. So it was a big special moment. I wore my Chris earrings. But I did not expect to have that reaction. But I sure the fuck did. And it was just a really cool moment for a whole lot of reasons. And also quick shout out again to my makeup girl, Rachel, because we had gotten glam for the night, me and the, the girls and the crew, and raged all three sets, cried my eyes out, and our makeup looked absolutely amazing at the end of the night. Like me and Nicole took a picture to send her after the show because we still looked so amazing. So shout out to her. If you're a girl or you wear makeup or whatever, you you get it. Like she is amazing. I cannot say enough amazing, amazing things about her. Anyway, back to this. The first song in 2024 and with Chris on the kit, The Silent Type, with Mad Dog's Filthy Little Secret, for a little bit, they would leave and allow the guys to enjoy some time getting weird together and allowing us all to have some time with the Umphreys that we all know and love. Like, fuck yes, everything is right in the world now. And I really liked how they did that. You know, they came out hot. They really did this big thing with Chris playing the first song in 2024 and had the horns out, allowed them to have a little bit of time, and then they left and allowed the six of the guys to share the stage again together. And that 
was also just very, very special to just watch them do that again. Like after this time off and after dealing with all of that stuff behind the scenes of not having Chris there. And I'm sure there was a time in the beginning of all of this happening where, you know, it's uncertainty and you just don't know what's all going to happen. And so that in itself was just a very, very special like moment. And like I've said in the past, love or hate the silent type. It is a hell of a jam vehicle and they fucking rode that bitch hard. I'm sorry, but they did. And it just allowed all sorts of space for Chris to go off. And Jake really is just loving having Chris back too. And you know, he started turning around again. And he hasn't done that while Chris was gone. I watched streams that they did while Chris was gone. I watched all the streams that they did when Chris was gone. I went to like seven of those shows and Jake was not facing the drummers the same way he does when Chris is there. Was he, was he turning where there are moments where he'd be like, obviously communicating with his eyes with the drummers or whatever, obviously, of course, but it was different. And the moment that he did that, he just turned and he had that stance where the way that he stands there and he looks at Chris. And if you're still listening to this podcast an hour and 40 minutes in, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the minute he did that, it was just like, the boys are fucking back. You know, like even goosebumps, just thinking about that moment. Like I can remember just so vividly, just, he just turned around and it was like, yep. (laughs) You know, just, ah, ah, ah. (laughs) I don't know what I want. An educated guest would follow. And I was just saying earlier in that run, when I was chatting with friends, how educated guests has come a long way live and I think that the way that they played this version here is a very perfect example of what I was trying to convey I've always loved the studio version of that song but when they first started playing it live I did not love the way that it was coming across at first and I'm sure if you go back and listen to past episodes I have said that over and over again And it's obvious that they felt the same way because they have obviously worked on getting the kinks out and having it sound better live. And that is shown here with this version of Educated Guests. A debut cover next, Elephants, originally by Carl Denson with Ben on percussion and Mad Dog's Filthy Little Secret on horns, of course. Love how Ben just came up there and wanted in on the fun. So he jumped up there with Andy and you could tell everybody was just having such a blast with the whole run, but that Ben was having a great time these two nights. Elephants can originally be found on Denson's 2006 Freestyle Singles Collection Volume 1. And that was just, Ugh, that was just so much fun. Just ugh, dancing that one out. Fuck yeah. Rounding out set three with a scapegoat, also with Mad Dog's Filthy Little Secret. That would feature a very nice rocker part two tease at about eight and a half-ish. Played around with it for a little bit. Bayless held it for a few, but never went fully all the way. And finally, the encore this evening, two songs 
of course, just a straight-up dance party. And, of course, Mad Dog's Filthy Little Secret would join. First up, Night Nurse. While this tune has seen various horn players sit in, including Joshua Redman on January 26, 2017 at College Street Music Hall, this would be the first time it got the Filthy Little Secret treatment. And it was delightful. We 100% need more of that. I'm telling you, I dance my ass off every time I'm at a show. But these three sets, I wish I had a smartwatch. Because I would have loved to see my steps and like all the calories burned and everything that it keeps track of. Probably would have blown up. (laughs) I'm like, error, error, cannot cannot compute movement or something, especially after the cherry on top with the last tune of the night. A final debut cover, Take On Me by AHA. Yeah, that can be found on their 1985 Hunting High and Low album. Every last part of that was just so perfect. Perfect way to end the evening, perfect way to end the run, perfect way to send us off into 2024. Very, very well done, guys. Very well. Well, all right. That about covers it. My goodness. My goodness. I appreciate you spending your time listening to me talk about this incredible weekend of music. And I'm sure that there are still even other details that maybe I forgot or I'm going to remember and be like, oh shit, forgot to mention that or whatever. But my goodness, what a weekend. There are a bunch of links in the show notes for where you can listen to these shows, check out the set lists, any videos that I may have mentioned, where you can check out Anna's photos from the weekend at datcmediacompany.com, and any of the other stuff that I may have referenced throughout the episode or not. Sometimes I'm doing the show notes and I'm editing this and I think of something random I want to throw in there and there's always little nuggets of gold in there. So take a scroll through, nerd out, fall down the rabbit hole, check out the links. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast and following the show and DATC Media on social media so that you don't miss any of the awesome, exciting, new stuff coming this year. Ah, I can't wait, guys. I cannot wait. Thank you again so much for joining me. I will see you around these parts real soon. Mad love. <laughs>